It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I'm Pete Mazzoni with Jeremy Kate, and we're happy to welcome back one of our favorite guests, Anne Hull from the Franklin County Historical Society. Bring us up to speed on what's new and what's definitely old in our town. Welcome back, Anne. Thank you. Glad to have you here. Now, you're here to talk about the environmental project that's going well, on. That, at... That's one of the things well, I'd like to <clears> talk Let's go ahead and get into that. About. Um, well, we've discovered over the years that we have to protect um, artifacts and archives that people trust us to take care of their old things. They mm-hmm. donate all these wonderful things to us and they expect us to care for them and to protect them. And so we've been working very hard on this environmental project, which is divided into four phases. We're obviously going to have to start um, launching a capital campaign fairly soon, but we have raised enough money through grants and um, donors and bequests that we can start on phase one, and that will be in the next month. And it shouldn't take too long to get that accomplished. Okay. Then we have three more phases. The total project is um, for climate control um, in the building is 700000 And we'd like to add another uh, 300000 for an exterior elevator that doesn't touch anything within the building, historically okay. speaking. Um, as I said, we've already raised uh, a portion to do phase one. Mm-hmm. And that will be to protect um, archives, photographs, textiles um, in the 1880, 1818 building. Mm-hmm. That's the date it was built, correct? That's the early part. Yeah, we had the, the other part of the jail is, was built in 1880. Okay. So we're working on the front part the front portion first to protect as much as we can. We do have a lot of wonderful things, particularly in the past two years. I might mention a few things. Yeah, please do. I'd love to know some of the artifacts you have that need uh, this protection. Well, um, a couple things we've had for a long time, and one is um, the Certificate of Cincinnati, which is... um, uh, was an or- it is an organization that was started by the officers of, from the American Revolution mm. because it was named after Cincinnati, a Roman who went off to war when it was necessary but came back to his farm or his home you know, when he wasn't fighting. Mm-hmm. So it's a citizen soldier. Right. And so because that's what happened after the American Revolution. And the first person was George Washington, of course. And uh, the certificate we have is of James Chambers, who is the son of the founder. Of, of Benjamin of, Chambers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and it has Washington's signature on it. Oh, wow. And, you know, it has started to deteriorate, and we've had a lot of um, work done on it to protect it. So now we feel that's in good shape. Mm-hmm. Um we have another item that I need to have restored, and that is the flag um, that was hanging outside the mansion house on the diamond in 1864 when um, Chambersburg was burned. Mm-hmm. It's the only flag I know, you know, of that, you know, it's, uh, it, it's exceptional. Um, it's, it's in very bad shape, uh, and I'm fairly sure I can get a grant to restore it. Okay. Um, 
it, it's a 35 star flag. Oh, that's and great. And it was actually taken down the morning Chambersburg was burned, and it was taken to the Brand Hotel, which was on the corner of um, Queen and Second Street, where the stone building is now that Shuck has, I think, for okay. administration offices. Um, at that time, there was a three-story hotel there called the Brand Hotel, and David Brand actually took down the flag that was on the square and took it to his hotel. Well, the family lived right beside that in a home on Queen Street, mm -hmm. and Louisa Brand, his sister, actually wrapped that flag around her at the time and threatened any Confederate um, who, who came there. <laughs> what a and great it worked. Story. Yeah. It worked. She had her pistol, and it worked. Wow. She <laughs> was wrapped in the flag with a pistol. Yep. What an image. Yep. And the, <laughs> and, and the house was saved. And there weren't too many homes on Queen Street that were saved. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So what what causes the deterioration, if I can ask? Well, first of all, it you know it's gone through what over 150 years. Sure, it's just old. Um, it's old, and I don't think had it had been taken care of properly, and I think we need to do that now. Um, you know, that's one. That is going to be my legacy, taking care of these artifacts and these archives we have yeah. so that um, we're saving the future by protecting the past. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my logo. Um, and, I, and I think it's probably over time, maybe somebody had it on a windowsill and it was in the sun for a long period of time. Um, I have had it either in the dark for a while or I've had it on exhibit in um, a display case, uh, which I, I, I've taken it down now. Mm -hmm. um, it's back in storage in the dark until I can get it restored, until right. I can get, you know... Where do you time. send these things to be restored? To experts who know how to <laughs> sure. do that sort of thing. You know, they... Are they down in D.C. or...? At this, at this point, well, I, I work with somebody out of Carlisle okay. who does amazing work with the Smithsonian, with Williamsburg... Mm -hmm. Um, Brian Howard is his name, and he has a wonderful business there. Um, and he is able to restore anything that you have um, by either doing it himself or finding experts. He, he knows where to find the experts to take care of these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of my next projects, smaller projects, to get this flag, because I think that's very important yeah, that's to protect powerful. it. But we've gotten several things in the past couple of years, like... Um, uh, Frank Feather, do you know that name? I do not. He was a wood carver who was kind of like a tramp. Um, he traveled by foot uh, along like what well, I guess would be the 81 corridor, but this is like over 100 years ago, like 1900. Um, and he traveled along the corridor walking, and whenever he stopped at a, at a house, he'd say, you know, for room or board, I'll whittle something for you out of wood. Okay. Well, there are collectors of his, especially his canes. And, oh, cool. and about a year ago, we had um, a donor from California um, bring in this uh, a piece of wood. And I thought, oh, I wonder if that's a Frank Feather carving. And sure enough, one of the, I, I asked one of the collectors in Chambersburg, uh -huh. and he came over and he said, "Oh yes, very definitely." And the name's Frank Feather. Yes. What a great and name. And he was and he was like a, a tramp, you know. Yeah. And he and he would whittle things out of wood. And they are, you know, people save these things today. Collectors save these things. So he did walking sticks, and what else did he whittle? Well, I don't know what all he does, but the piece we have is a. Um, a wall rack, like you would put in the 1800s, you would have have a rack 
within, you know, like the foyer of your home uh-huh. where you could place newspapers or the mail that came. Sure. Um, it's that sort of thing. And that's oh, what that's we have. That's one of the things we have. Uh, we've just come into um, uh, ownership of a Daniel Ridgway Knight painting. Um, he's very famous for um, landscapes and the peasant women he did. He lived in France most of his life. And some of those paintings go for like 200000 Yeah. And what he, he was born here in, in uh, Franklin County. He, in fact, he was born in the building that's known as the Sellers Funeral Home. Uh, at a young age, they realized um, how, how, yes, how much talent he had. We talked about him during the uh, Burning of Chambersburg show, right? Because there was something you talked about. Oh, him. I could, I could have done that. Because there was a story about him during the, during the burning. Yes, and there is a the, Washington County fine arts does have the burning of chambersburg it's a very large portrait mm-hmm. uh but they have it under temperature control so he did he did that painting <laughs> he did that painting, and he okay. he was here uh during the burning yeah because he helped um some people he helped mrs mcclure yeah walk to uh right you know after right. new orleans was burned. Yeah. but he did some paintings one is in texas <clears throat> and uh and it's, it shows the scene from west king street um I have not been able to get my hands on that one yet. Hmm. Uh, but the one we do have is also a scene from uh, the bridge on West King looking um, south. So that you can actually see the steeple of Zion Church oh, okay. in the background. That's how we know. And it needs some some, re- some work done on it. And I have someone over in Cash Town, or Tana, working on it who's, who's very good with, with good. paintings. Yeah. So, so how do these... How do these people find you? I mean, this has got to be kind of an interesting process, you know, where these collectors or whatever. Well, I mean, we're fairly well known. Franklin County Historical Society, you know, has been in existence since 1898. And we're fairly well known, I mean, uh, over the country. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and people realize that, you know, they might live in California or Washington or whatever, and they are cleaning out their attics, and they realize, oh, well, you know, here's a document from Franklin, here's a deed from Franklin County, or I know this came from whatever family in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, or from Greencastle or Mercersburg. And so they find us on the web. We have a new website now. Um, they find us on the web, and, you know, we get, we get calls all the time. So I, had, I had a call inbox. last week from a woman in North Carolina uh-huh. whose grandmother made from, she was the Chambers, and she made a quilt for her while well, she's sending it to me. It should be coming in the mail any day now, wow. along with documentation and some letters that went back and forth with in this Chambers family. So it's that kind of thing that I get really excited about, and I want to make sure that these are saved for the future. So that's, that's you know, why I we're— gotta, I got to throw this in. I'm from Kansas City, and I have a friend from my high school in Kansas City whose last name is Chambers, and she has some kind of familial mm-hmm. connection to the Chambers family in Chambersburg. Wow. <laughs> thought that was pretty uh, random. I wonder if she has <laughs> anything that might have been carried off to— You know, she because could. a good many of the Chambers left the area. Um, okay. James— the oldest son. Okay, well, His some of them ended up in the Midwest. Moved west. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so she might have something that we would be interested yeah. in. So yeah. will phase one take care of a lot of these artifacts? Phase one will take care of a portion of them. Mm-hmm. We have um, three other phases which we'll have to raise funds for. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd like to have uh, temperature control in the main portion of the building, the museum. Mm-hmm. Because we have loads of people who come here every year. I think 
I, I think we had maybe three or 4,000 people last year. Wow. And that doesn't include, um, you know, things that we do like the haunted jail. We had, right. we had over 2,300 people come to that. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, so we have, you know, we have a tremendous amount of people. Yeah, I did the tour with my daughter a couple oh, years good. ago, and it, there was a family from Mississippi mm-hmm. that uh, you know left Gettysburg and came here specifically to do the old jail tour. And for mm-hmm. anyone who hasn't does it, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It, it's very interesting. A little morbid. <laughs> oh, but, uh, do you think? You think because you know, of the the whole hanging thing, you know? Oh. And the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. The kids love the dungeon. I think, the, I think I like the medical exhibit that you have there. Oh, that, people that love the, cool. apothecary the apothecary and all those <laughs> wonderful tools that doctors used uh-huh. to use. And yeah. yes, yes. So, um, so anyway, so we're doing this in four phases of the project. Um, the second phase will probably be um, the west cell block on the first and second levels which have a great many artifacts in, mm-hmm. too. Um, and then the third level of that uh, area has newspapers from 1800. Um, Franklin Repository, Valley Spirit, Public Opinion, um, which we don't have, you know, on, we have some on um, microfilm, but not, but not so all. So there were three newspapers just in Chambersburg. There were a lot more than that. How many were there? They they evolved into, from 1800, they evolved into many other ones. You know, they one would buy out one, another one. Um, they became, you know, like, like Democratic something or other, and or or another. I can't even think of the other. But they there were many. There could have been eight or ten, wow. that actually evolved into the Franklin Repository was huge. Um, in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Of course, then the public opinion, you know, which is still in existence. The Valley... Just sp- barely. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, yes, I know. So, um, and then I guess um, the final phase will be to get air conditioning in the, the entire museum. Mm-hmm. Including the basement? No, the dungeon is not included. But the dungeon stays rather cool all the time. Right. Yeah. Even in, even even. in the summer. Mm-hmm. In fact, I feel sorry for those poor criminals who were down there in over a hundred years ago because in the winter it's so cold down there you can see your breath hmm. you know i don't know how anyone survived down there i really uh, don't yeah what on another topic what would drove the local economy around the time the old jail went up you mean 1818 yeah, mm-hmm. i think they had lots of little little shops on the main street where mm-hmm. people would they would have their shops on the first level and live on the second level you know, like um, silversmiths, okay. blacksmiths. My ancestor, um, who came here originally, um, had a tannery, and it was right where the Coyle Library is today. Hmm. And that person married another tanner who was just right up the street. You know, and the, I mean, they, they married, so tannery was, tannery was a big business. There are a lot of inns here, mm-hmm. what we, yeah. were known, you know, as, as inns. Um, but there were also small businesses. Um, I was trying to think of the the name of the um, clock, and I, I can't. There are very few clocks left by this local man who was a silversmith as, as well. Chambersburg was a pretty wealthy community in those I, early days, wasn't it? I yes, mean, it was. What, you know, I what mean, was behind I that? Why, why was that? Because, I think because of small industry. I don't know hmm. that it was... 
I mean, there are a lot of plant what they call plantations yeah. or far, farms. There were a lot of plantations, yeah. but um, I think I think there were just there were small industries just in within the herb, within the town itself. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to mention something else about other. Um, businesses uh, that were, you know, like dry goods stores, uh-huh. you know, I mean, and I guess farmers would bring in their products sure. too. Yeah. Now, I noticed on the website something I'd never heard of, the Welsh Run area. Mm-hmm. What is that? Well, it was settled by people from Wales. Wales, right, right. Um, there's a Conicajig Institute there right now, which has um, developed that site uh, I think they have a lo- an old cabin um, from uh, that early time period. Uh, the names are Davis. Uh, there's another. There's another name, but they were uh, from Wales. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know why they chose here? What was particularly attractive about Chambersburg? Well, you mean the county because it was not Chamber. Right. Sorry. The county. The county, because when they came here, it was probably Cumberland County, okay. because, or maybe a little before that. Um, you know, we became Cumberland County in 1750 until 1784, and then we became Franklin County. Prior to 1750, we were Lancaster County. Hmm. And so there were settlers here in the 1730s. But mostly German, right? Yes, mostly German. But there are some Welsh who came, like, shortly after that. Um, Scots-Irish came early. Okay. Benjamin Chambers there as an example. And some of the settlements, like the Conigajig settlements, consisted mainly of Germans, and that was like uh, in the Greencastle area, Shady Grove area. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was driving them out of Germany? Was it religious persecution? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and William Penn said, come to Pennsylvania. There's all this land. So he, that was the pure incentive, free land? or Yes, what was free it? land and, and religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Religious freedom, yes. Interesting. Yes. I had been working on my Huguenot line. I have a little bit of Huguenot. Now, that's French. I know. Um, and I was working on that line and, and discovered that, you know, the reason that there were Huguenots was because um, France became, it was a Catholic sure. country, and, you know, heads were lopped off for any Protestant. And so they moved anywhere, Germany, England, Switzerland, whatever, before they came to America. And they came, I think, mostly in, up in the up in New York, Long Island area, and to Canada. Um, so, and that was, that was for religious freedom. That was to save themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's almost like uh, Martin Luther kind of set off an immigration it wave. It is. Which yes. I'd never thought of that before. Yeah. Where these people said, "No, I want. I'm a Protestant," but they realized they were in mortal danger. They were if they hung around. Right now, you offer genealogy services uh, through the historical society. We have a huge library. Huge. Tell us about that library. What What could we learn, or what could we find out? Um, We base it mainly on Franklin County uh, families, Uh, so we have published and non-published books and manuscripts. Um, family files, we have census records, tax records, cemetery records, obituaries, church records where we have baptisms, marriages. Uh, we're trying to digitize a good bit 
of this. Sure, you need to do that. But you know, we need volunteers to do that, and we need volunteers for docents. While well, I'm putting in a plug for <laughs> for volunteers, um, so and, and I do a lot. I do a lot of research on okay. on families, people who are looking for you know those ancestors and who they married. Um, because they were, they're working on their lines, and they want to know where they came from. Who are some of the other founding families besides the Chambers? Um, within Chambersburg, or, or you mean county. within the county? Yeah. Let's see if I can think. Allison's from Greencastle. Okay. Um, let me think if I can think of any other ones offhand. I do so much. I do so much research, and it's not particularly people who actually came here first. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be people who came here in 1790, for instance. It's very. I was working on uh, a line the other week, and I was trying to find a woman who came here in 1749, <laughs> and that was that was really tough. So, how do you start that? I will say, what do you know? Sure, sure. <laughs> what do you know first, uh, and then work backwards from them, uh-huh. um, and that. That's how I do. I do a lot of DAR applications, and that's how that's I do it. Of the American Revolution. Yes, and that's that's how I do it. I work backwards from this, and this person might say, "Oh, my ancestor's name was Dixon. Do you have any Dixons here?" And you know, of course, I'll go to the family file and I'll look, and, I, and if they give me some time frame, that uh, that obviously helps too. Right. You know, because the first census records were in 1790. So then, you know, you can kind of trace. You can't see everybody's names until 1850, but you can kind of trace a line from 1790. Um, we do have earlier tax records than that. We have tax records from 1750, as early as 1750, which is Cumberland County. Um, so, you know, I can go back and say, oh, well, I found this man named John Dixon or whatever, it's, and it's spelled D-I-X-O-N. Is that the way you spell the name now, or whatever? So, we just we just have a lot of historical records on the shelf. Mm-hmm. We also have a room that's devoted to other counties in Pennsylvania, so that we have um, records on Fayette County, Westmoreland County, Indiana County. Mm-hmm. We have a um, a great many records. Now, before we got going on the show, you mentioned uh, the old courthouse where Frederick Douglass spoke. Not the courthouse, Not the but courthouse. The, an- the annex. Or, uh, it was the, the trust I think it was called the Franklin House at the time. Okay. This is before the burning in 1864. And it was okay. like a two to three story building. So it's not the building that's being demolished right now, but it was, no, it was on that site? It was on that site. Okay. Um, and it, it, it was an opera house. I guess there were some offices in it. And I know that there must have been some sort of an auditorium because Frederick Douglass did speak from there when he was in town wow. in the summer of 1859. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, interesting, just before the Civil War. Oh, he was, he was here with, because John Brown asked him to come. John Brown. They, John met, Brown. they met just down here at Southgate. Very close by here. Yeah. They met at an old quarry. Is there any record of what Douglas thought of John Brown? Because John Brown thought he was crazy. Yeah, he was a crazy dude. (laughs) A crazy, murderous dude. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think they had different methods. John Brown was very. um, Well, he tried to save him from himself, didn't he, he, here in Chambersburg? 
the, um, the thing is, Frederick uh, Douglass did John Brown. Yeah, Frederick Douglass tried to to say. I mean, he he wanted to work passively. John yeah. Brown couldn't wait. You know, he was getting older. He couldn't, yeah. and and you know, well, he was very notorious a... because you know he was wanted for murder in, oh, Kansas. in Kansas. In Kansas, yeah, I was just going right. to say we brought it back to Kansas. He was already busy uh, killing. Yeah. So yep. by the time he got he here, he was loaded people. for bear. So Douglas tried to what, talk Actually, him down off the ledge. When he arrived in Chambersburg, you know, no one knew him because he had com- changed completely. He had white hair and he had a white beard. No one knew who he was. Mm. Uh, you know, he and he had he was uh, charged with murder. So, you know, so he had changed completely and he went by the name I- Isaac Smith. And he had sent. He had sent his son earlier to scout out safe houses in South Central Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And Staging for Harper's Ferry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, because there were abolitionists living here in, in the county. Um, and I don't know that that was well known at the time. It was kind of a secretive thing. Um, I know that at, in the 1850s, they brought in a cashier to take over the Bank of Chambersburg, which is where the Visitors Bureau is today. Um, This is the original building. Um, And they brought a man in by the name of James Leslie to take over the bank because there were, I don't know, financial problems there. And he came from Philadelphia, and he was a well-known abolitionist, and he helped fugitives from probably a room or a building behind the bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, He helped them move north, and he was well-known. And he only stayed in Chambersburg long enough to put the bank back into shape. And then he went back to Philadelphia. Was being an abolitionist controversial at that time? I, don't, I think it was kept hidden. I mean, it was like, let's just not talk about it. Oh, let's, let's just not talk about it. Now, is that because at the time uh, the Fugitive Slave was, Act and Southerners could yeah, be it was kind of dangerous. To, yeah, yeah, it was dangerous after their property, and mm-hmm. if they knew now, if they knew you were assisting slaves, was could they? I, I was. I think it was kept hidden. I really, I really do. I think. Speaking it was kept, of the old jail, you have some interesting parts of the basement down there where. Now that's tradition. <coughs> That's tradition says that. Okay. I can't so document I cannot document that there were fugitive slaves in that hmm. in the dungeon. Spoken okay. like a true historian. <laughs> well, I, I mean really. Bob, there's no documentation. I mean, look, look yeah. at this look at this Georgian building. If you were a runaway slave, would you feel free to go, go into to the that jail? building? <laughs> I mean, seriously? Not where I'd be no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, they'd traveled at night. Mm-hmm. They moved during uh, or yeah, they traveled at night and slept during the day. I mean, I do know, you know, about how they came, the route they came from in Maryland, um, particularly through Waynesboro to Quincy to Greenwood, north to Adams County. Mm-hmm. Now, were there sympathizers to the Southern cause in Chambersburg who would be working actively to... Yes, there were, but like I said, it was kept hidden. And the newspapers were... The Franklin Repository was a northern newspaper. The Valley Spirit was a southern newspaper. Mm. And some of the language used in that... Strong. Uh, it was very strong language like you would hear today. <laughs> you know, that's funny you bring that up, that people think all this heated rhetoric is somehow new. It's not. It's not at all. It's not. It's making a comeback. Yeah, we've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. I want to move on to another topic I saw on the website. The... I'm going to mispronounce this, K- 
Kitta Chinny? Kitta Kitta Tinny. Kitta Tinny. Tell us about that. I was unfamiliar with well, the term. Well, it's an Indian term for endless mountain, and that's what the original historical society was named um, when this group of gentlemen formed um, the society in 1898. Um, I don't think a woman was allowed to join until 1956. <laughs> but they were the wives of the men were expected to play hostess. Okay. Because they met in, in homes. They mm -hmm. met in different um, homes of the, the members. And they would um, present papers on local history. So we have all those papers. We have them for today, from, you know, that we can use for genealogy requests today. Great history. And, and the Indians that were here, or where they derived that name, do you know much about them? No, I don't know a lot about which tribes I've read. Different tribes were here. Um, some of them were just traveling through, like it was maybe hunting ground. Okay. Um, I do know, and I, I guess I shouldn't. There is a, 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 there was a cemetery in within the borough limits of Chambersburg, where there is an Indian cemetery. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> today. Now I do know you have a program on suffrage coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, I'm going to be the monthly speaker at our at our meeting. In, it's the fourth Thursday in March, and I'm going to talk about the suffragette movement, um, where I I think it I'm starting it at the national level with Abigail Adams, mm -hmm. and I'm moving it down to Franklin County and its local connection because there there is a a, a large connection. And her name is Lavinia. And <laughs> that was one of them. Yeah, Lavinia, Lavinia is <laughs> Lavinia is one of them, but it also you know, there was a... Um, uh, Look through our archives for more on that. Satellite Society at Wilson College. Mm -hmm. And the controversy about um, the Old Home Week in 1914. There was a tremendous controversy whether we should accept the suffragettes or not. And uh, um, finally, they were allowed to march in a parade. Um, and so, and, and, and there was a, a, what's known as the justice bell um, that would not be clanged until women got the vote. Hmm. But it traveled through here, traveled through the county, it traveled through Mercersburg. I have picture, a picture of it traveling through Mercersburg. Hmm. Um, and so it's going to be at um, Grove Library um, on the fourth Thursday of the month. I'm not sure of the I'll date. Bring that it's up always. And it it's always the fourth Thursday of the month at two o'clock at, at Grove Library. Okay, that would be. And uh, Lavinia will be included 28th. in that. If people want to uh, donate to help the uh, historical society, how can they do that? We would appreciate that. They can make donations to the historical society. Um, you know, at one seventy-five East King Street. Mm -hmm. um, if they want to make a particular donation to something that has to do in, with them in memory of somebody in their family we would appreciate that we do get some bequests we've gotten some bequests recently and you have a new website so what's that address we have a wonderful website it's franklinhistorical.org okay. cool. and we've had so much response from that it's unbelievable well, that's great yeah. oh it's unbelievable really pleased with it and the way it's moving along and 
how we're able to manipulate things much better now than, than it had been. Sure. And you're also taking volunteers as docents or tour guides? We are. We are. We really need docents, especially for the summer when we'll be opening from in May from uh, Tuesday through Saturday. And we could really use docents. It's not hard. It's just you, you need to enjoy being with people, talking, sure. being outgoing. You know, we can teach you the rest. I mean, there is, you know, there are things to learn, but then you have to pick and choose. You look at, you look at your patrons who come in, and if they're not interested in that railroad, then you move on and you talk about something else mm-hmm. that they might be interested in. Pete, I think you would make a good docent. I agree. Why don't you get over there? Come what? over. I'm under pressure here. <laughs> yeah. What are people most interested in? Do you find is there an area of the Civil War? I yep, have yep, this. Yeah. We have the Civil War gallery there. They're very interested yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. What do you think drives That's, the fascination with the Civil War? Because Gettysburg. Gettysburg. Gettysburg is always busy, and the people that I did the tour with, like I mentioned, they came. They they just lined it up. Gettysburg, mm-hmm. then Chambersburg. It's kind of an unending fascination with this moment in history. More so than any other. More so than the French and Indian period. More so than the Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Should probably be a little more interested in the Revolutionary War since it got us here, but there you go. I well, know that's that's you know just the way it is. People, but people will come over the mountain from Gettysburg. They'll they'll do the tour. They'll go to the visitor center, and they'll look on TripAdvisor or whatever and find out what else there is to do. Oh, over the mountain, mm-hmm. we have the old jail. People come. This is a, this is a destination. It has become a destination. We're really happy about that. That's great. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show again, Anne. Thank you for having uh, as me. Always an enlightening conversation. Uh, one more time, the the whittler's name. Frank Feather. Frank Feather. I think that's the one to look up. The the uh, the tramp who <laughs> whittled. So thanks for coming on. And again, the URL is what is the website URL? FranklinHistorical.org. Brand new website. Check it out. Come down, do the tour, volunteer, donate. Uh, Let's keep this going. And thanks again, Ann. Thank you. Thank you.